Welcome to the Ad Proficiency Podcast, presented by NerdJam.net. Whether you're a new player or veteran dungeon master, we're here to help you add depth to your game. Today on Ad Proficiency, we're taking a look at the Poisoner's Kit and trying to figure out how we can make the most out of your malice. Just a note of forewarning of mature content ahead, we are talking about potentially triggering graphic poison effects, drugs, and disease, things that are relevant we think to the poisoner's kit in this sense but poisons are not pretty and some of the things they do can be pretty nasty and we're going to talk about that because that can be important for instance if you're trying to make a dramatic scene versus when you're trying to do something low key so to get us started the poisoner's kit i would say grants the ability to produce interact with and arguably eliminate toxins we'll talk a little bit more about that how do you feel about the Poisoner's Kit? Well, there's quite a list of things you could do with it. Crazy effects and benefits to almost any character, really, you can think of. Mm-hmm. The closest thing to a real-life Poisoner's Kit that I can think of is a Toxicologist's Kit. Now, toxicology in real life is a mix of biology, chemistry, pharmacology, and medicine. They're basically real-life poison experts, and the way they do their work is by testing either on live creatures, live tissue, or through a simulation of some kind. So there is this strong sort of like biology-based chemistry aspect to working with poison. And one of the Xanathar's functions is that you're able to handle these dangerous materials without exposing yourself to them. So, strangely enough, I almost feel like the Poisoner's Kit is possibly closer to a medical toolkit than the Alchemist's Kit, because there's a strong chemistry-biology element due to the kit focusing specifically on poisonous interactions, what kills cells, what doesn't, that sort of thing. And whereas I think alchemy is kind of like chemistry with a focus on natural sciences and transmutation, I feel that the Poisoner's Kit is more like chemistry with a focus on toxicology and biology. Yeah. So before we jump into poison in D&D, I'm going to give you guys a quick poison 101. In D&D, there are four methods of delivery. The first is contact. This is going to be just touching this poison exposes you to it. These are things like mercury, which slow exposure over time will cause things like madness, or like poison dart frogs who secrete a poison that just touching it will be absorbed through your skin membrane. There are injury-based poisons where a poison is inflicted through like an attack. It has to be entered into your bloodstream directly. And that's going to be things like spider venom, which has an anesthetic quality. Something interesting we'll get into in a little bit. But that causes cramps or deteriorating flesh, aka necrosis. Another poison type are ingestion poisons. These are things that are swallowed or eaten. Something like ethylene glycol, which is found in antifreeze, tastes like Gatorade. Victims will seem drunk, but they'll die in two or three days. Interestingly enough, it's treated with ethanol, so just take a few shots of liquor and you're good to go. Or isopropyl alcohol, which is two or three times more potent than ethanol alcohol, like liquor, and can be slipped to a drunk person to seriously mess them up or kill them. And lastly, there are inhalation poisons, such as powdered scopolamine. This is a real one. The devil's breath can be blown into people's faces to put them into a euphoric state of suggestibility that is difficult for them to recall. They act completely normal, too, and can interact with other people. Check out Vice's world's scariest drug documentary on YouTube to get your mind blown. In lower doses, this poison is also used to create seasickness patches. Other inhalation poisons would be something like tear gas, which inhibits breathing and vision, affecting your mobility. 
So in summary, we have those four poisons, contact, injury, ingestion, and inhalation. So another thing you should consider when it comes to your poisons is your timing. Potassium cyanide will provide a near instant death, whereas something like ricin, which is extracted from castor beans, will kill someone in several days. You've seen this poison in Breaking Bad if you've ever watched that. And lead poisoning can take up to several years. It may take a very long time for something like that to work. You should also consider a poison's traceability. How accessible a poison is has a lot to do with how easy it is to find the person who used it. Common poisons are much harder to trace than uncommon ones, and poisons which don't require the use of people to acquire will eliminate loose ends and liabilities. There are multiple types of poisons, such as allergies, which can cause potentially deadly anaphylactic shock, an allergic response in the form of respiratory or cardiovascular issues, venoms or animal poisons, such as spiders, scorpions, beetles, centipedes, or snakes, frogs, snails, and jellyfish, chemicals, cleaning products such as lye, or industrial products such as rat poison or metal polishes, biological poisons, such as viruses and bacteria, botulism, or infected samples. Maybe you visit hospitals to collect samples of infected blood or tissue to cultivate or leave in some poor victim's food or water barrel. Plant poisons, which are extremely common, it's an easy way to remain anonymous and can easily be mistaken for edible foods. These are things like castor beans, nightshade, hemlock, maybe just mix it into a salad, you know? And lastly, radiation, which is exceedingly deadly. This exists in the form of spells such as ray of sickness and sickening radiance, and also exists in the form of sunlight. We'll talk about this a little bit more at length. Anything you want to add to that? A little Poison 101 there? I feel like you've covered a good bit of it. You seem to know a good bit about this. So, um, where the cooks utensils were mine. Don't worry about it. Just don't think about it too hard. Poisoner's kits can be used to produce a large variety of effects. We're talking about damage, for one thing. And I want to ask, do you think poison should only deal poison-type damage? Well, I do in a sense, but I also know that there are certain elemental creatures like fire scorpions that their venom would burn, that kind of thing. Yeah, when I think of poison damage, I think of like organ or cardiovascular damage, right? But then you've got things like brown recluse venom, which sort of like eats away at your flesh and i almost think of that as like acid or yeah. necrotic damage or aspirin or atophan which loosen up your ability for your blood to clot so i would almost interpret that as like bleeding damage if you've got open wounds they just don't seal and you just keep bleeding yeah there's no real effect for how to calculate like bleed damage so i would probably just call that piercing or slashing in the case of something like really vicious like radiation radiation will cause hemorrhaging if you pick up a radiated material with your bare hands there's an hbo show called chernobyl it is hard to watch at times but it will show you how terrifying radiation can be in the sense of just killing everything that is exposed to it in horrible horrendous ways so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Dark. Uh, in addition to that, poisons in general can also cause an extremely wide range of conditions, debuffs, and possibly even buffs, including paralysis, the prone condition, aggression or irritability, weight loss, burning or cold sensations, hyperactivity, memory loss, drowsiness, madness and delirium, addiction, blindness and hallucinations, or slowness and sluggishness. So there is a huge, tremendous amount of potential when it comes to the Poisoner's Kit as far as what you can make in D&D. 
In addition to these different conditions or different damage types it could potentially provide, we're also able to identify or extract a poison or disease. Actually, this is a good time to talk about, would you extend diseases to the poisoner's kit? I feel like diseases in the poisoner's kit is definitely something you would include in there, maybe with some alchemy added in, mm -hmm. just because of adding certain things to change what it could do, but I guess that would also be still it part of the It kind of sounds like it's like a chemistry kit. thing, right? Yeah. That's why we're tempted to say alchemy. There's something kind of funny about that, and we'll get to that later. There is a very strong similarity to the alchemist kit in terms of like, they both have chemistry focuses. Yeah. But like, where where's that overlap lie? So if we are saying that the poisoner's kit can handle things like diseases and biology, then we're talking about things like disease manipulation. This is a great way to throw suspicion off of you if somebody just gets sick with a disease instead of sick with a poison. And this is like what I was talking about when I was like, maybe you visit the sick and collect blood or infected bodily fluids in case you ever need to put a few drops from an eyedropper into someone's drink or food and cause a new epidemic. Or the opposite of that, maybe you can use your ability to handle these materials without getting infected yourself to engineer antitoxins and cures to the same sort of substances that you're experimenting on flesh with. That just seems to be like a very small extension. If you know how these poisons work, it seems to stand a reason that you would know what destroys these especially if you're looking at this on a chemical level, because both kits kind of zoom in on chemistry. And like I said, we'll take another look at that. Anything else you want to add to the just overall general functions of the poisoner's kit? No, I think that about covers it, right? Yeah, just about. So let's take a look at role play and social projects. What are some things you can do on the social scene with your poisoner's kit? Aside from just straight up killing people. Um... Aside from just, yes, aside from just straight up killing people. You can strategically make someone or yourself sick to get out of a situation. Okay. Um, maybe make someone fall asleep. Ooh, so like you can cause distractions. Absolutely. Essentially. Or in one particular case, you can make people tell the truth a la truth serum. They function as if they're under a zone of truth spell, mm -hmm. which is like... That, seems... that makes sense to me. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, especially if we're talking about a toolkit that zooms in on how substances interact with living creatures. Yeah. That is what the poisoner's kit does. And even though it has this like poisoner's flavor, what we're really looking at is the interaction. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, what and it does to the be, mind and body. That could be good or bad. So when it comes to social projects, one of the things that really stands out to me is medical potential. So interestingly enough, Xanathar's Guide to Everything prescribes antitoxin making to alchemist tools but it also grants poisoner's tools insights into treating poisons. It's unclear to what degree we can prescribe medical skills to the poisoner's kit, which basically means you can do whatever you want. If Xanathars will allow cook's utensils to remove poison from an object, albeit through cooking, it certainly stands to reason that the removal of toxins should be viable through the poisoner's kit, making available such options as antibiotics, which allows you to kill bacteria and allows for sterilization anti-serums, which is like blood or some other material, that contains antibodies that is used to spread passive immunity to a disease. Antitoxins, which contain chemicals that are used to counteract specific toxins and therefore specific effects. Or anesthetics, 
Some poisons, such as brown recluse venom, include an anesthesia that disguise a bite. If they had, like, a poison that had an anesthetic built into it, would you let a player try to isolate that property from the venom using their poisoner's kit? Just uh, handpick a certain thing out of a Right, venom? if they're like, hey, I've got this, like, particular venom that you told me has an anesthesia effect to it in addition to being a poison... Can I use my poisoner's tools to refine this poison and extract this one property? I feel like that goes definitely into the grand scale project type thing. Mm -hmm. Because like anesthetic is kind of an advanced medical thing and making it would require several trials. And Is it though? Like when you think about it, anesthesia is like something that affects your nerves, right? So when you look at poisons that like numb your nervous system, smaller doses of these like lethal poisons have a medical effect when applied on a smaller scale. For instance, scopolamine, like we talked about before, which is almost like a mind control drug because it affects your nervous system in addition to other things, is used in smaller doses and little patches to treat seasickness. Okay. So there are ways to like take these poisons and apply them in smaller doses or something like that to use them in different ways. Speaking of which, something I wanted to get into regarding the Poisoner's Kit is the ability to create drugs. And these are things like maybe you're refining tobacco or maybe you're creating ecstasy. What happens when you spike the wine at a peace meeting with ecstasy? Perhaps you're making fantasy LSD and selling it to divination wizards to help with their spells. <laughs> Other uses would be insecticides, fertilizers, or herbicides. We talked about fertilizers a little bit with the alchemist supplies. Yes. But fertilizers are poisonous to the wrong plants. And so it kind of goes back into that thing of just like, you're learning what's harmful to these plants, but at the same time, you're kind of also simultaneously learning about what's good for these things too. Yeah. So I feel like you could really strongly affect agriculture by being like, hey, here's the world's first fertilizer. Yeah. You know, enjoy having your minds blown. Or pest control, rodents, ants and spiders. Dude, mosquito repellent. Oh, yeah. If you invent mosquito repellent, that will change, like, a continent, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. That's, like, you could do crazy, crazy things when it comes to the kind of social contributions you can make with poison. When it comes to social situations, I, I was talking a little bit more about low-key versus dramatic poisons. Low-key poisons can be things like mercury, which, like, if you're slipping it in, like, food or something like that, can take up to years, depending on the amount of exposure you're giving them. And signs will manifest very slowly, but that person will slowly go insane as it, like, accumulates in their system. And ricin, like we talked about earlier, has flu-like symptoms that gradually intensify to the point of just killing you. In that sense, you might be slipping someone a poison and you don't want them to know it's you, or even that they've been poisoned. You don't want people looking for a poison. Poisoner. So you give them a poison that mimics sickness or something yeah. like that so that there is no bad guy in this situation. But the opposite of that, if you want to send a message and you want someone to suffer, <laughs> you're all excited about this. There's poisons for that, too. <laughs> so let's talk about strychnine. This is a poison that attacks your nervous system, causing vicious muscle contractions, which will have a victim doing like ab crunches and then like arched up on their feet and the top of their head, like convulsing and like horrible, vicious ways, fully aware of the pain, mind you. 
and upon death, their face will be frozen in pain because rigor mortis will set it immediately with their face like locked in this like ugly death snarl. I kind of feel like Game of Thrones, King Joffrey's poison was kind of like this when he had that like horrendous like and death, bleeding you know? out of all of his orifices. And everything. Speaking of which. Adder poison will make you sweat profusely, vomit blood, and bleed from the eyes and nose. So if you want to, like, poison someone and then stand up and be like, this is what you get for messing with me and the boys, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can make a horrible, terrifying scene that is really cool and immersive and engaging for everybody and sends a message to all the witnesses who are watching it. Who are just like, oh my god, look at this horrible thing. This is what happened to those people who opposed, you know, so-and-so, that kind of thing. Anything you want to add to low-key or dramatic poisons? With all that poison knowledge that I know you've got. I think I need to drink more. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel like more on the drug side, like a lot of drugs are basic mind-altering drugs are basically poisons in and of themselves. Basically. But in a lower sense so that it wouldn't hurt you. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what are some potential artisan projects that we could look at with the Poisoner's Kit? Making a grand virus like Plague Inc. That, so that you can, you know, destroy oh, yeah. the whole world with it, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I've got plagues, bioweapons, engineered diseases, or super weapons, things like radiation, or unkillable superbugs, like the kind that they always warn you about, like, oh, the world's gonna end when, you know, the cold becomes immune to all of our medication, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or high dispersal methods, or highly contagious infection processes. Maybe it's not so much the effects of the sickness that you're manipulating, but how quickly it spreads. Or even maybe on the other side of the direct poisons, maybe you make this inhaled gas that within minutes, you know, mm. you're just dying and like, you know. Oh, yeah. What about conceptual or idea poisons? Like moving beyond physical poisons to that sort of like mythical magic level where maybe you're making toxic thought structures or infectious perspectives or you make a poison that just grants nightmares. Maybe it's just like a cloud that affects the attitudes of everybody in the area or that sort of thing. And like, maybe you convert a whole city into like a similar minded people or something like that. I just feel like we're talking about a substance that affects a condition upon a living creature. And that is such a vague out there statement that you can take whatever you want with your imagination and make something out of that. So that being said, let's jump into Xanathar's Guide for Everything and take a look at the components of the Poisoner's Kit. So we're looking at glass vials, a mortar and pestle, quote unquote chemicals, and a glass stirring rod. So like a mortar and pestle and chemicals sounds very close to the alchemist tools to me. Absolutely. And in fact, if you compare them side by side, it's basically the same thing. Glass vials become two glass beakers. A mortar and pestle becomes a small mortar and pestle. Chemicals, quote unquote, becomes, quote unquote, common alchemical ingredients. And both kits have a glass stirring rod. The only real difference is that alchemist supplies also have a metal frame to hold the beaker in place over an open flame. Other than that, they are the exact same toolkit when it comes to physical components. Ingredients and the frame seem to be the only difference between the two. And that, again, kind of just goes back to me and says, like, they both they, they cover. They kind of overlap each they other. They kind of overlap, yeah. So, like, don't feel bad if that's a thing that you're worried about. 
Looking at these toolkits, that seems to be the case. It is what it is. Any missing items from this component list? Well, I feel like you would use a, like a knowledge nature check to find those poisonous plants out in the environment that you would add to some water and other chemicals to make something potent or a survival check to harvest a uh, venom gland from a snake, that kind of thing. So you're saying there should be like foraging or scavenging tools? Absolutely. In there somewhere? I kind of feel like there should be some way. Gloves. There should be, yes, gloves, surgical mask and protective eyewear absolutely should be yeah. in there. There should be some sort of dispersion method for inhaled poisons. So in my game, we homebrew that the poisoner's kit has a canister that like when you throw it upon impact, just like, yeah, like puffs out the poison in a five foot radius. Yeah. In addition to that, there should be an eyedropper and a bottle for the eyedrop. And that's you just like taking out that eyedropper and applying it, applying a poison. There should be a way to apply a poison somewhere. And I don't see anything besides for just pouring it on something. Yeah. Looking at this component list, there's nothing that allows you to like transfer calculated. amounts. Yeah. Uh, and for that matter, the uh, alchemist tools probably should, the alchemist supplies should probably also have measuring tools, that measuring kind of tools of some kind. It seems like that might be relevant, but who knows? Maybe that's just not how magic works. <laughs> Okay, alright, so let's talk legendary components for the Poisoner's Kit. What are some legendary things that you would associate with a Poisoner's Kit? Gloves that prevent from accidentally poisoning yourself, like... Poison-resistant gloves? Yeah, like, absolutely poison-resistant gloves. Like, even things that would be, like, acidic in nature, you can handle them, or, you know, like a molten scorpion venom, that kind of thing. Dude, I feel like poison-proof gloves might be, like, a basic necessity for this one. Well, yes, but being able to handle things that are, like, the temperature of lava with these gloves mm. as well, is that's what I'm getting at, is that you could handle any, basically I any substance you, that could hurt like, you. Like, one of mine, for instance, is, like, a surgical mask, which allows the wear to breathe basically anything without it affecting their system so like poisonous fumes superheated air basically what you're talking about yeah kind of, yeah yeah so something that gives you some sort of protection essentially i feel like that's a big thing for the poisoner's kid is being able to prevent poisoning yourself on accident oh yeah here's kind of an interesting one a syringe that can draw or apply substances from a distance how nasty would that be, dude? If all they felt was like a bee sting, right? Yeah. But there's no bee and they're just like, huh, that's that's weird. I just had like this sharp pain like right here on the back of my shoulder. And then in this vial, you've got like a bunch of their blood. Think of what you could do for that for divination. Oh, yeah. Just like, oh, yeah, like I can really track this guy because I've got a vial of their blood. Like I am intimately connected to this person. So a la Dragon Age Templar hunting them, the registered mages. Is that a thing they can do? Oh, yeah. They get a vial of the mage's blood and they can track. Oh, Oh, they, they hunt them through it. Oh, yeah. yeah if dude, they, sure. if mages go rogue or renegade, yeah. They dude, circles. a vial of your blood, that's, they're Absolutely. linked right to you, man. Yeah. And in most magic systems that I'm aware of. So yeah, there's all kinds of things, assassinations that could occur from something like this. Just injecting some of that potassium cyanide from a distance. Boop. Yeah. Dead in like a minute. The random, you know, disease, mummy rot or whatever. So mm -hmm. it looks like they mm -hmm. had a, some mm -hmm. adventuring mishap. Here's kind of a, a weird little mishmash of ideas. A shape-shifting item that contains a single dose of poison. 
So there's a limitation imposed on it in that it only contains a single dose of poison, but the item itself can look like anything, so you can smuggle it in anywhere that you need to. When I was thinking about this one, I was like, ooh, this kind of almost feels like a disguise kit item to me, like a shape-shifting item, something that helps with infiltration in a sort of poisoner's kit kind of flavor. I feel like there's all kinds of crazy things you could do with this. Get it past security. Again, we're looking at assassinations. The poisoner's kit in general is just great for planning assassinations of some kind. Anything you want to add to that one? So yeah, kind of on that, in Magic the Gathering, there was a card that you would play and then you could pay a cost and it would become a copy of another artifact. It was like a liquid steel type thing. And it, it was pretty cool. Like, so that's kind of a similar thing where you could have it just become any other item. I've also got a mortar that converts your bodily fluids, such as sweat, spit, tears, or blood, into highly toxic substances, which I think is really cool. I can see someone who has gone to like obtain this mortar, pricking their finger and dripping a bunch of blood in, and as it hits the stone, it just maybe bubbles into like an ugly green color, and that'll give your player like quick access to like a particular kind of poison or something like that. The concept of rolling with a mortar that almost has like transmutive properties or generative properties, a mortar which allows you to capture your ill will in the effects of your poison. So like as we discussed earlier in the podcast, there's lots of different poison types that we could work with. Absolutely. Or like poison effects rather. I guess poison types as well because generating allergens might be useful. But in the sense of you could cause convulsions, you could cause hemorrhaging, you could cause all sorts of different things. The idea of being able to generate the effect is just like pure convenience, basically, which is what you would expect from a setting tilting item. Someone having access to just like, oh, I want people to trip for a month. I want people to be locked down as long as they're on this poison. Extremely powerful. How about this? An eyedropper of holding. Store a single dose of different poisons, bloods, or fluids. It's always sterile. And once you like suck it up, it just like whoop vanish like sucks up the little tube into an astral space or something like that you know well if that's the case then if you're trying to make it legendary it could have on demand different doses of poisons in there Mm, like basically just you say whichever poison you have stored and or or like use a certain code word for each one and then Mm -hmm. drop 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 there you go poison god stash yeah or something like that absolutely so you just think of this and this mundane looking dropper just fires off vicious poisons you know at will you want to go ahead and get into instead of legendary components legendary ingredients as well legendary ingredients for the poisoner's kit yeah Ooh, i want some legendary ingredients be like basilisk poison well or... i mean that's a little more common like maybe what's the god of death have the essence of that god as a poison or uh i remember there was a vecna po- yeah. Vecna has a poison? Well, no. Well, I don't think Vecna has a poison, but you could basically create something that would be like... There was a poison in the anime Bleach that was essentially an uber stimulant. Yeah. What it did is it sped up your system so much that you basically couldn't move for one thing. Or, or I think maybe it paralyzed you, but it made you hyper aware such that like a minute felt like thousands of years to you and so this guy used this poison on a guy who was basically frozen and then he like stabs him in the chest and he's just like monologuing to this guy very anime style basically but essentially he's like yeah it's going to take you thousands of years for this blade to reach your heart and by the time you die you will be begging for death because you will have slowly felt this blade like creep through your chest unable to do anything about it for years and years and years and that's the kind of like crazy kind of thing we can 
we can look at it. so <laughs> sorry i, I kind of got off on a tangent i guess but no, you're fine i can just see like a poison like this an extreme kind of poison being derived from maybe like a time elemental or something you know like something derived of non-organic sources so i will yeah. say forgotten realms does have a uh, a goddess of poison talona colona talona talona hmm and how does she uh, feel about such things basically she was often depicted as an old crone that brought misfortune and death but she could also be a beautiful and innocent looking woman basically they call her lady of poison mistress of disease mother of all plagues so mm-hmm. that kind of leads me to believe in forgotten realms poison and disease kind of go hand in hand yeah there you go which kind of goes back to our point about how especially with the poisoners kit being a very biology based kit disease kind of fits right in there oh absolutely there are three gods that have poison domains. There's Talona, there's Lolth, and Zehir. Lolth is the drow god, if I'm not mistaken. Goddess. Goddess, that's right. Yeah. She would be very upset about that. She yeah. Take, she takes things very personally. Oh, yeah, you don't want to be a male drow. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, probably would be really drow. pissed about that. Sorry about being that. a male drow does suck, unless you're Drizzt. Then, you know, you get all the cool things written about you. Is that how you say that? I, I never knew so. how to pronounce that name. Drizzt? Drizzt? I think it's Drizzt. I think so. We could always... We'll Google that later. Drizzle. <laughs> For Rizzle. For Rizzle. <laughs> God. Ugh, we're going to edit that one out. <laughs> All right. Um, Get sued by Snoop Dogg. Anything you want to throw in there for legendary ingredients that we haven't covered? I feel like there's there's a lot of room to go with legendary ingredients. With ingredients, you could almost make it setting specific. Yeah, absolutely. Like, again, different pieces of flesh or, like, teeth of a dragon god or something like that. Yeah. Like, I feel like the teeth of Tiamat would do something crazy. Oh, yeah, dude. Dragon teeth? Could dragon teeth by themselves in are and super of themselves, powerful. yeah. But then, like, the teeth of a dragon god or goddess in this case, like, absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. So here are some of the functions of Xanathar's. We can recall facts about infamous poisonings. It gives you an edge when you inspect poison objects or try to extract clues from events that involve poison. It gives you added insight into how to provide the best care to poison victims. This is kind of what we talked about before, where it's just like, what does that actually mean? Yeah. It gives you know-how about which plants and animals are poisonous. Makes sense. You have field-specific knowledge. You can use it to handle and apply a poison without risk of exposing yourself to its effect. This is kind of where we got into diseases a little bit, too. Absolutely. You can use it to spot a poisoned object, which I don't know about that. You can use it to spot a poisoned object. Maybe if you know about how to look for a poisoned object. I feel like if you poison a lot of objects, you would probably know what they look like. I guess this is maybe saying, like, if you're making a perception check, this is your ability to be like, oh, that's a poisonous thing, so it caught my attention. Maybe you see the axe as it's raised and it has a black tar-like substance along the edge. You might want to avoid getting caught with that. There you go, okay, so you can be like, I have enough experiences with poison to recognize poison when I see it. Yeah. As opposed to just being like, oh, this actually helps me see poisons, you know, yeah. something like that. Or you can determine the effects of a poison. This makes perfect sense. To Absolutely. You know, see what it does. So overall notes. Let's talk about the themes as far as the poisoner's kit goes. Right off the bat, control of death right yeah absolutely easy go to you decide when people die when and how they die it's an intimate relationship with death absolutely and it's easy to look at it this way there's a lot of takes your character could have on this there's a lot of ways this could impact a personality this relationship you have with death lots of room lots of potential here for character creation and character development 
along this path. In addition to that, there is control of suffering. Maybe it's not so much about the point of death, but it is the transition into death. Yeah. This is kind of the difference between like actually being dead and like where the Raven Queen is like, I am that moment of passing. So maybe you do something like a painless poison that paralyzes and they can feel their heartbeat slow as they die. Something like that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's up to you to decide whether this patient deserves a painless sleep. Yeah. And that's how they go. Or if this person really deserves just like some, something miserable on the way out, you know, absolutely. Like this is maybe that's how you deliver your justice. It's about the transition through the transition. Yeah. Yeah. Or I've been watching a lot of, um, like murderer documentaries lately. (laughs) So maybe it's about imposing yourself on others. Maybe it's, it's not so much about your relationship or death with suffering, but the fact that you control it and it's you who decides when someone lives or dies, or maybe for your character, killing that person sort of binds them to you in a way. Maybe you are intimately connected with everybody that you kill, and that's just the way that your religion works, or the way that like your personal code works, or something like that. There's a lot of interesting room for what you could do with your character psychology when it comes to interacting with how people live or die. Yeah, absolutely. And the other way to look at that is like we have the medicinal applications of poison, so you could say that you are imposing yourself in a way that is is positive. Maybe it's not just like, oh yeah, I decide when you live and die, but rather I decide when, you know, this this thing torments you and I can take that away for you and alleviate that. Your knowledge of poison isn't for ill intent, it's for the good of others by curing and alleviating poisons, maybe. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So the poisoner's kid doesn't automatically have to be a bad thing, although it has an intimate relationship with lethal knowledge. Absolutely. So in addition to that, Because of this, like, kind of lethal knowledge that we're talking about, you could look at it as a mastery of biology or human anatomy. Maybe you are taking a purely medical look at the Poisoner's Kit. And the Poisoner's Kit doesn't really represent so much an ability to kill people, although it certainly could. It just represents, like, your biology kit. And as a side effect of that biology, you are able to produce all of these different things that are deadly to cells because you study how cells work, how different bodies work, how different anatomies work. And that's what it's about for you. It's about mastery of the body, mastery of mortality and learning how these machines that our souls inhabit work. It doesn't have to be so much this like murderous life and death thing. It Absolutely. Could be, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. It could be a little bit gentler than that. Yeah. <laughs> it could be something just like, I'm a healer. I'm a scientist. I am just someone who's trying to learn or master knowledge as opposed to master other people. I'm not interested yeah. in imposing my will on others. It's not like that. I just want to know Purely about this. for the academic. Right. Thrill. Academic. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. So to recap, our, our different interpretations of like the kind of themes you could work with working with the Poisoner's Kit is your control of death, your relationship with the transition into death, the imposing of your will on others, and the mastery of biology, human anatomy, and other academic knowledge. There are, of course, other ways you can interpret that, but those are the four that we covered here. Anything else you want to add to themes as far as the Poisoner's Kit goes? No, you you have enlightened me on some of the more positive aspects of knowledge of the Poisoner's Kit. Beautiful. I'm glad to be that ray of light in your life. <laughs> okay, all right. 
Anything you want to throw in there before I crank through my shenanigans? So yes, there are a few poisons listed in the game. Most of them, I believe, are in the DMG. They all have different vectors for their application. You can find a nice list of poisons on page 257 on in the DMG. Nice. Very nice. So some things that I've got for the Poisoner's Kit is going to be that Prestidigitation, the cantrip, can mask flavors, scents, and colors. So if you want to give somebody a glass full of poison and just make it taste delicious, that's a thing that you can absolutely do. For that matter, the Poison Spray cantrip at my table, we have adjusted a little bit. We talked about this in one of the other ones, where if your poison is ingested as opposed to just using it to like spray it in somebody's face, we've added that it it will additionally deal your spellcasting modifier to the typical damage. And in addition to that, they can make a constitution save against your DC or gain the poisoned condition until the end of the next turn. So in that sense, it is a sort of poison on demand option as opposed to just a combat cantrip. I have found that it gets players thinking about how they approach somebody. It gets them thinking about like where their food and water supplies are, how they can affect a large group of people if they're like in an enemy encampment, that kind of thing. You're also going to see a lot of sleight of hands with the poisoner's kit. And this is going to be you slipping poison into those things. So we talked about having an eyedropper to like apply this and that, what have you. Absolutely. But It's going to be really weird to people if they see you putting stuff into food. That's kind of suspicious, unless you're a chef, you know, whatever. But generally speaking, if you're trying to poison someone, you might just want to, like, pass a hand over a serving tray or something like that and just sprinkle in a little something-something. You're going to be using sleight of hand for that kind of skill. Consider crafting secret compartments for smuggling poison. We talked about James Bond's shoe trick, where he had plastic explosives in his heel. Maybe that's the kind of thing you can do with your poisons. Star Wars Edge of the Empire has a ring that has like a poison compartment in it that you can apply a poison to something. Very helpful. We also had the Captain America Hydra agents where they would take one of their teeth and bite into it. Yeah, for their poison yeah to exactly. Be there you go. So maybe a poison just for like that worst case scenario experience. Or maybe as a DM, the assassins, you know, have one of those. So you can have them dramatically die when you need them to. Yeah. So quote unquote poison resistance. To me, this only makes sense to a certain extent. Honey badgers can resist snake venom, but can they resist a pitcher full of LSD? That's what I'm saying. Like, can they resist industrial cleaners? Are all poisons on the same level? Like, I feel like there are animal and natural poisons. And so poison resistance makes sense if you're like a lizard folk who grew up in the swamp, you know, that kind of thing. But even then, does that make you resistant to all kinds of poisons? Poisons that affect your mental capacities instead of, you know, like targeting your cardiovascular system or something like that? Well, I feel like on that level, your body just processes those toxins in a different way, which would, you know, neutralize them as opposed to metabolizing and them affecting you. It would basically break them down into something that your body could metabolize without harm. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like poison resistance has a crunchy biological type effect while being what it is in the game. Yeah, of course. It makes sense to me. Yeah. Like I said, to a particular degree. Yeah, absolutely. 
So lastly, I have written for myself a homebrewed poison system comprised of multiple homebrewed systems that I found and I just mashed them all together into something I liked. And in order to adapt it to my system, I've basically boiled it down to this. If you are wanting to craft a poison for use in combat, you roll a foraging DC. If you succeed on that foraging DC, I will have you roll a D100 for a gathering table and that gets you components of a certain poison, right? On top of that, you can spend a long rest making a poisoner's kit check to craft that poison. If you fail, your components are just destroyed. If you succeed, you have a poison. But since you have already had two opportunities to fail, I want the poisons to be meaningful. So the way I have worked that out is I have written for my own game a poison system in which each poison has two tiers of negative effects. The first effect is based on contact with the poison. So at this point, you've gathered, you've crafted, you're going to get something for your poison, right? Even if they succeed their con save to like resist the poison effect. However, the second effect is based on whether you were fully dosed. So when they're exposed to that poison, they're going to suffer the primary effects of that poison, but they're also going to make a constitution check. And if they fail, then they are really suffering from that poison. They get the full brunt of it because they are not able to fight it off. And this system has worked out really well because it has kind of reinforced the flavor that poisons are terrifying. Poison in real life will just kill the crap out of you. And so when my players are dealing with somebody that uses poison, I want it to be scary and I want them to get paranoid and I want yeah. them to like look at their mug of ale that the waitress just dropped off and be like, damn, <laughs> is that safe? Like, like that kind of thing. And so when we get the chance, we will put that up on the website. But until then, just think about like, how do you want to handle poisons? Do you want to make it like a long, complicated process? There are rules in the DMG when it comes to harvesting components, but does that work for your table or is there room for it to be improved upon? Anything you want to add to overall notes for poison? No, I feel that we've covered it pretty well. Okay. All right. Then I guess that pretty much wraps it up for the poisoner's kit. Join us next time on Ad Proficiency when we take a look at the brewer supplies and figure out how to make the most of those. Love Eddie, myself, or possibly both? Want more ad proficiency in your life? Give us a like and follow our playlist to stay up to date with the latest ad proficiency content and enhance your D&D. Hungry for more? I want more! Check out Real Mana Has Curves for Magic the Gathering draft reports, live streams, and ranked play. For live premium content premieres, beer chugging, and guitar shredding, check out our live broadcasts of Nerd Jam Now every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central on Facebook.com slash Nerd Jam TV.